Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! Torn up streetcar tracks, a magnolia tree, and a street that vanished. Those are the exhibits on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, can't take anything for granted. Even the evidence of his own eyes. I'd been out to Northwood, one of our suburbs, on a routine investigation. And on the way back, I decided to take Sycamore Road, which is a diagonal street and shortens the ride about a mile and a half. But after a while, I discovered that Sycamore was being torn up to remove streetcar tracks. So, at the first through street, I turned left and headed north. I had to pick my way in and out of residential streets to reach another boulevard, but there wasn't much traffic, so... I relaxed and started thinking with part of my mind about my problems, of which I have plenty. I made another turn and headed down the street. I remember looking at a magnolia tree in full bloom in a front yard on my left. It was now about five o'clock. I drove straight on down the street, paused at the intersection for cross traffic, and noticed a man and woman standing on the corner. They'd obviously been arguing, because the woman was sniffling and the man was talking to her in a low, urgent voice. I could see that she was a pretty young woman that she was wearing an unusual plaid suit with a sort of cap or hat of the same material. I got all this in a glance a lot faster than it takes to tell about it, and as I shifted gears to cross the intersection, I saw that the man had won the argument. He and his companion were walking up the steps of a detached brick house on the corner. That's all I saw until the next morning, when on page one of the morning courier, I saw a picture of the same woman in the same costume. Her body had been recovered from the river. Now all I had to do was locate the house I'd seen her enter the night before. While driving home, I saw a young woman enter a private house. And the next morning, her body was found in the river. Lieutenant Dawson of Homicide bent over to read the report on a teletype. This is a break, Jerry. She's been identified. Lois Everett, age 31. She came here from Janesville, Wisconsin, three weeks ago, job hunting. That's great, Dawson. Does it say any place in that report who killed her or why? Of course not, but that's no problem with this break. You saw some man persuading her to enter his home. She was crying. That's the man we want for murder. Let's go pick him up. I didn't stir. Look, Dawson, try to understand this. I was driving home by a strange route. I didn't watch the names of the streets. I may have trouble finding it again. Don't worry. We'll retrace your whole route and we'll find the street. I hope so. Jerry, this is the fifth time we've been down this street, and there's no magnolia tree on it. I'm sorry, Dawson. I was afraid of this. Drive back to headquarters. Men, I want the whole squad to spread out over that northwest section. Cover every single block in the area I've got mapped out here. I bent over the map. And this is the area, all right. I turned north just about here, and then zigzagged north and east to reach Logan Boulevard. Gotcha. Hey, Ruth, what are we looking for? A street with a magnolia tree in the front yard of a house on the north side, and a brick detached house on the corner. Okay, Ruth, we'll find it. Jerry, if that street exists, those men will find it. I hope so, Dawson. In the meanwhile, what additional has been learned about Lois Everett? 
Not much. She worked as a cashier for two weeks at the St. Clair restaurant. That's owned by her, St. Clair. I know him. It's a family restaurant on Ludlow Street. Two weeks. Was she fired? She quit. No special reason. St. Clair was satisfied with her. Where did she live? At a girls' club on 16th Street. Never had any visitors there. That's just dandy. So if we don't find the street, we'll never find a killer. That's right, Jerry. The teletypewriter banged out a report from the radio room. One of the search party reporting. He'd completed touring his assigned area, found no house with a magnolia out front. After that, other reports kept trickling in. There were plenty of houses with magnolia trees in the front yard, and any number of streets with detached brick houses on the corner. But no street with a magnolia tree on the north side and the right kind of house on the corner. That street had vanished. I returned to my office knowing exactly how Dawson felt. Someplace a killer was secure. And maybe one of these days he'd get around to killing again. I generally do. And he was getting away because I'd suffered a lapse of mind. Me, a detective, too stupid to remember where he's been. I sat down at my desk and tried to think calmly. I wasn't mistaken about those landmarks. I refused to consider that. Then what had happened to that magnolia tree? Could the killer have moved it? That was ridiculous. The property owner would have squawked to high heaven long ago about the theft of a tree, assuming that was possible. And besides, the killer didn't know we were looking for him. And then it hit me. The perfectly simple, obvious answer. Dawson, Jerry Browning, meet me downstairs at headquarters in five minutes and have a squad follow us. I know where that street is. But, Jerry, there's no magnolia tree on this street. It's the same one you and I were on five times in our last tour. Sure it is. I kept coming back to it because this is the street. And right there... This is where the magnolia tree was. I don't know why, but the man who owns it moved it himself this morning. Look, look over there. You see that the soil in the front yard has been dug up and smoothed down? You're right. To car 27 following, all cars in the vicinity of West 112th and Greenlawn, special signal six. Special signal six. Open in the name of the law. Yeah, we got him. George Farnham was his name, and he was so surprised that he admitted everything. He'd met the Everett girl while she was a cashier, discovered she had a little money, got her to turn it over to him on a promise of marriage, and then tried to brush her off. When she threatened to go to the police, he persuaded her to enter his house to talk things over. And she never came out alive. As for the magnolia, it was just one of those weird things. The tree was cutting off light from a man's house, so he decided to move it to his backyard. And did. Early in the morning after a murder had been committed down the block. Like I said, when you don't seem able to trust the evidence of your own eyes, maybe that evidence isn't there to be trusted. 